Hey guys, welcome to another piece of content where I'm going to be interviewing Mark McKenzie from Wardle Partners. So uh, he's an accountant with a fairly significant firm and, uh, and I've asked if I can just spend some time with him, interview him and find out if we can distill what's available to you guys as support from the government, um, both federal and state during this time and also just some practical things that he would suggest as an accountant that we can do to go through this time. Remember, I committed to be the positive voice in amongst this time. And, uh, and I wanna just remind us that, you know, you can, you can survive this and you can thrive through this and all of that is possible if you can get your headspace in the right way. So, so a lot of opportunities lay ahead of us. Mark is a radical believer, um, you know, full on for the Lord that does great work for the kingdom and so he's a he's a great person to get on here and interview. Mark, why don't you introduce yourself to our our fans? Yeah, hi everyone. Um, yeah, Mark McKenzie, Water Partners Accountants. We're based on the Sunshine Coast in Caloundra and uh, the practice has been running for over 30 years now and this has been my life. I'm straight out of school, age 17 and uh, this is what I do, and you know, in times like this, it's really come home uh, while I'm in this game. Just love helping people, and uh, yeah, the phone hasn't been off my ear for the last yeah, all this week and most of last week. So, um, and it's amazing. You know, it was just seeing how the team's rising, and you know, right across the business community, um, accountants helping each other, hearing of business people helping each other. Uh, restaurant in town here, I noticed they, they, they were closed down obviously this week. Well, they turned their restaurant into a soup kitchen uh, and opened it up for anyone that's things. So, Amazing. you know, that's, we're in a privileged position at the moment to be able to help people, Wes. I love it. I love it. And it, and it takes that it takes that level of support and, and obligation and duty, I reckon, for us all to get through this. So that's really cool. Mate, can you tell us just generally, like a bit of a lay of the land, what are you seeing um, in the business world right now? Yeah, um, obviously, particularly those industries that were closed down, those people, that was a big shock. And, um, you know, that's going to take a while to get over. But I'm also seeing, you know, after that initial shock comes, okay, what do we do now? And uh, it's a combination of seeking what financial supports out there, what does it look like for my business, uh, but also... Uh, you know, speaking to some clients, you know, they're looking at, all right, well, what are some strategies we can be doing in this time? Or uh, a bit like the farmer uh, when, you know, when it's uh, it's in the off season, he's working on um, other things so that when the season's on, he's ready to go, the machinery's ready to go, et cetera. So I spoke to some people where they're, okay, we're going we're gonna to review our systems. We're going to work on this. We're going to work on that. So, look, it's been a real mixed bag. And, of course, there's other businesses out there that are, absolutely thriving uh, if they're fortunate enough to be um, in supplying into certain areas. Like, for example, a butcher spoke to the other day, 400% up on turnover, um, just as, as an example. Um, one one client I've, I spoke to normally in uh, freight and cartage and that sort of thing, he's in a remote area. Uh, he's, he's now helping uh, get the local hospital ready uh, even in case things get a bit worse there and, and handling excess patients. So he's picked up new contracts. He's thought outside the box. He's offered help mm -hmm. uh, local local area. So it's a real mixed bag. And uh, you know, I think it's definitely going to change the way business is, is done 
uh, where everyone's becoming tech savvy very quickly. Hmm. Yeah, every uh, every preacher just became a televangelist in the last seven days. So they've uh, they've always wanted to they've always wanted to be one, and now they're one by default. Um, all right, can we talk about what the federal government have put in place? Obviously, there's a lot of confusion. Uh, I, even I've tried to distill it, and what the what the accounting association have put out is different to what Josh Friedberg said, and and uh, and it, it's a, there's a bit of mayhem. So, can you kind of work through with me what are the government doing for the SME market under 50 million? Yeah, well, first I'll say um, the Treasury they, they on their website they've got some fact sheets which are quite good. And this week the ATO has been working uh, hard to get their website up to right up to speed as well. So the ATO has got a dedicated COVID-19 page, which has a lot of information on it, and uh, that's useful for everyone to be able to go to. Um, probably the most talked about um, stimulus relief out there at the moment is the PAYG credit. That was previously $25,000, and it's now been increased to a maximum of $100,000 for small business. Um, but, but the thing with this, um, it, it, it applies to Bass's Lodge March through to June. So those businesses that are able to keep employing are going to get benefit out of this. But sadly, those people have had to put off their employees and therefore won't have any further PAYG to lodge through to the 30th of June. Uh, they won't be able to perhaps fully avail of this. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think it is a bit of a hole and I'm hoping that in the next round of stimulus, which no doubt there will be, uh, that uh, maybe the government's identified those businesses that had to close down and there's some better, more direct relief for those people. But certainly uh, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's not that hard to explain really. Um, there's two types of BAS lodges. You've got monthly and quarterly. The quarterly lodges, when they lodge this March BAS, they'll get 100% credit towards the PAYG tax that was lodged on that BAS. So that's the W2 figure. So that's 100% yep. credit. If that credit is more than the GST component on the BAS, they'll get a refund of that credit. And that's will, the, the ATO says that'll be paid within 14 days. And the criteria is you've got to be an employer, but you employ one person on wages? Oh, that's a good question. So yeah, as at the 12th of March, you had to have had an ABN. That's, that's the wording on the ATO website, is that you had to have had an ABN and no doubt employing people, obviously. That's what it's all about, employing people. So it's all based on that. So if you didn't have an ABN at the 12th of March, then new businesses, it seems, would miss out. Yep. Uh, it's businesses okay. less than a turnover of $50 million, so most small businesses. And there are some other criteria as well. Uh, one of them is that you had to have had your tax return lodged 2019 or all of your recent BAS commitments are up to date. So that's only just something that's been put on the ATO website and uh, we're yet to navigate that just to, to get any more detail. But it just it, it looks like they've, they've put a little bit of a sneaky criteria in there that lodgements need to have been up to date. So that could catch some people out. It could catch them out and then the very people that are behind on their lodgements because they need money uh, are the ones that are going to get penalised, which seems a little bit crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, so I talked about the the uh, quarterly lodges, the monthly lodges. So that when they lodge their March 
bass, they'll have, they'll have one month's worth of wages in there. They'll get 300% of whatever that PAYG amount is, the W2 figure. It's 300%. The reason it's 300% is because it's to equalise with the quarterly one yeah, that yeah. we're lodging three months worth. Makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. So there could be a fairly large credit come in for those people. They're typically, you know, they might be lodging at least, say, $10,000 worth of PAYG. Uh, they're going to get a $30,000 credit, say, and, um, yeah, if that's more than their GST, they'll get a refund. Okay. Now, the maximum you can get for this first period up to the 30th of June is $50,000 across all the masses that are lodged to the 30th of June. That's the maximum. So once you've reached it, it cuts out. You do not need to apply, and it's an automatic grant of the credit when the bass is lodged. Um, so you don't have to do anything, but the ATO is saying the first credit will come online on the 28th of April. So if you lodge early, so like you know, as soon as we get into April and you lodge, say, on the 10th of April, you won't see the credit, but it'll come in on the 28th because that's when the bass is due and when the payment's due. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, but, but be, being an accountant, being an accountant, you're gonna have you're gonna have all of your clients wanting to file on April the 9th. Well, we have, we've already got people lining up saying they want to lodge their bases early. We were saying, well, that's yeah, cool, yeah. Uh, but you're not going to see the credit until the 28th. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Now that's the first round, so it's fifty thousand dollars maximum. Uh, now, oh, firstly, I should explain too. There is a minimum amount of ten thousand dollars that in every employer will get. So one example here could be that you've got to say one employee and they're, they're only on basic wages and you don't even need to withhold tax because they, they don't earn enough money. You'll still get a full $10,000 and it'll be paid in that first pass. So the minimum's $10,000 that everyone, every employer would get if um, when does, they lost the pass. Is, is, that, is there a distinction there between somebody who is a contractor versus a, a proprietary limited? Like the, the, what happens to a contractor who doesn't employ anybody? Yeah, that's right. It, it's, it's only the wages withheld uh, and the, anything that gets lodged on that bass at W2. So certainly self-employed contractors and the like, um, they're, they're not gonna get any benefit. And we've got scenarios where, for example, family trusts, where let's so say it's a mum and dad operate the business in a family trust. This is very common. And they've, through advice or whether whatever the circumstances might be, that they just simply take their profit each year as a trust distribution and they don't pay themselves any wages throughout the year. Well, those people, if they're not registered, if they've never been registered for PAYG withholding and never taken any wages, there's now this big question mark over if we were to go and all of a sudden say, hey, let's not do a distribution of wage, uh, do a distribution of profit, we'll take it as wages instead. The ATO may look at that as a scheme and they may not honour the payment. This, this conversation around uh, doing something different to your normal uh, BAS cycle has only just come up in recent days and it's now on the ATO website where they are targeting schemers out there. Now what, yeah, so it, so that would be the same as that would be the same as a discretionary trust, wouldn't it? Like a like Yeah, so you got Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's how most of the people I reckon would be operating. If they run a proprietary limited, they'd be running some form of discretionary trust and taking distributions at the end of the year. Yeah, that's right. So, so the so the so the only relief for them though is to become a is to go to Centrelink as a person and go and get subsidies that way. Yeah, if their income dried up, that'd be the case. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we we've, we've been reviewing these strategies throughout the week as a team and looking at our clients that are in that situation. And like, if they were flat out not registered for PAYG, but they obviously had an ABN, we were thinking, oh well, we could do a backdated registration and then put them on the payroll and start paying the wages and and essentially give them a bonus of their profit for the year, for example, so that they could get the PAYG. But now on the government web on the ATO website, they're saying that they got they're on the lookout for artificial increases in PAYG tax withheld and you know they may not honor it, they'll not see it as a scheme. So yeah, look, there could be some people caught out here. Yep. Yep. Okay. You know, because 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 then we we could have exactly the same trust, but it's the next business along the line, and they've just been taking regular wages throughout the year. It's no problem; they'll get the credit. So yeah, there's a bit of an imbalance for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what else is on the list that people can access? I'll, I'll just uh, just quickly explain and take a quick second that that's the first tranche, and whatever credit that you're entitled to up until the 30th of June, you will also then get that same credit. So long as the business is still active, you'll get that same credit in the new financial year. Uh, so let's say a hypothetical scenario that uh, you've got the full $50,000 of credit, let's say, as an example. What, what, let's say, for the monthly lodges, they'll get a quarter of that in the June BAS uh, July, August, September lodgements, they'll get a quarter of that 50000 so $12,500 credit on each of those. The quarterly lodges, if it was a $50,000 credit that they got it in the first period up to the 30th of June, they would get another half of that, $25,000 in the June bass, and they get the other half, $25,000 in the September bass. So if you, that brings if you, it up. If you, only qualified, if you only qualified for the minimum, does the minimum go each time to 10K, 10K, 10K? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. That's pretty good. Uh, another another one that um, might be useful, uh, just in terms of managing cash flow, for, for clients that have paid or anyone that's paid PAYG tax instalments throughout the year in the September and December quarter, it is possible on this next March. PAYG lodgement to vary those and get a credit variation and get those back as a credit, a refund, and use that in your cash flow. But it's important to point out that just what that's mean is you've got the tax that you've paid in advance back, but when you lodge a tax return, um, you know, down the track, you'll have no credits, and then then you'll have to pay the full the full amount so of tax it's, all in one. It's just a it's just a way to borrow some money for a little period of time. It is. That's correct. Um, the, the ATO issued a statement to our profession uh, last week just saying how uh, they're doing everything possible. They're going to work with agents and, and obviously directly with businesses as well to do everything possible to make uh, lodgements, payments of debt and, uh, and, and relief on interest charges. So if anyone's having any trouble whatsoever with paying their debt or their in-payment arrangements, the best thing to do is speak to your accountant or ring the ATO directly 
and they're extremely flexible. They're really good. There's a number of measures, uh, perhaps for the interest of time, I won't go through them, but, but one of them is uh, any, if anyone's got any ATO debt, whether it was historic or new, you won't be charged interest, or if you are, you can remit it. We're not sure about how that's going to work. But fair to say you will not incur any interest on outstanding debt that uh, from backdated to the 23rd of January. Okay. So, 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 so let's say if someone already has an outstanding uh, debt and there's interest being accruing, then you could, you could speak to your accountant and ask them to ring up and get that interest remitted and reversed back and it'll, they'll calculate it back to the 23rd of January. Okay, okay. And then what are, you hear, what are you hearing in terms of their flexibility? You know, if somebody owes 10 grand, can they put it over 24 months now? What are you hearing? Yeah, definitely, they're very flexible. Um, and, and especially, I mean, if you've lost your income, it's a, they'll, they'll pretty much nearly do whatever you want. Uh, they're deferring payments as well, so not even doing payment arrangements, just simply saying, don't worry about doing the payment. Uh, we'll give you six months and uh, then we'll look at it again then. So, And, and that's, that's on successive lodgements as well. So, for example, if you lodge the March pass and then, you know, let's say you're a monthly person, you lodge April, you could ring up again and say, I want to defer that one as well and, and just keep yeah. going. And then they'll tighten up as soon as they kind of feel like business is back to normal. They'll tighten all those restrictions and start to get their money in, I suppose. We'd assume so. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's, that's good to know. Like, um, I, think, I think that that's a great way to preserve some cash flow if, if somebody has debts or they're just about to lodge something and, they, and they, they can lodge it and then ring up and say, I need to pay it over a long period of time. Not being able to pay your returns, not being able to pay your payments for six months is really attractive because that could be the difference between keeping a staff member on or not. So, Yeah, and it's good to know that a lot of people have a lot of fear of the ATO. It's just good to know that they're not going to be down your throat either. The other, the other, the other thing I just can't emphasise enough is whatever you do, just make sure your lodgements keep them on time. That's the number one thing. At least lodge them, even if you've got no way of knowing, uh, yeah. just lodge them and then work out the arrangements later. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's no point in accruing penalties, penalties for late lodgements, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, in terms of managing cash flow, the, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of different things around what the, if you've got bank debt and, uh, if, or if you need new, new funding. There's lots of different things there. So all the banks, the Australian Banking Association, come together and they've said all banks will give a six-month uh, freeze on loan repayments. And uh, when you, you need to speak to the bank about it, but they'll even give you the choice whether you want to freeze uh, paying the interest component or all the, all, all the principal and interest. You get the choice. Um, if you freeze paying the interest, well, it will capitalise. Um, so you've got the choice there, which that seems to be the way they're approaching it. Uh, it seems to be across the board as well. Um, our experience has been people being able to defer car loans, equipment finance, home loans, business loans, all those things uh, for up to six months. And it's a really straightforward process because it's all been uh, put in place by the Australian Banking Association. You shouldn't have to go through any questions. It's just, what do you want? This is what I want. And they should just do it. Really simple. Is that only with the big four or if you go with second tier lenders through brokers, what happens there? Yeah, it's right across the board. 
Okay. Okay. That's 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 really good. The federal the federal government came out with a fifteen billion dollar uh, cash funding injection into the non-approved lenders as well to help prop them up and give them uh, give them support so that they can support their clients customers. Okay. Um, the the other thing is is that the the Reserve Bank last week when they made, when they reduced the official cash rate down another quarter of a percent. They also made an announcement that they're injecting $90 billion of low-cost funding into the banking system, um, and that's at a fixed rate of a quarter of a percent. So the banks are getting their funding at a quarter of a percent, and they've done that. So yeah, they've done that to leave a margin on the table for the banks so they can still make a profit. But they're really putting a strong caveat over it. They need to get it into the market at very low rates. Now, what's interesting is so far. I've only been able to find one bank, and that's the CBA, that's passed on a full 1% reduction in uh, in business banking uh, rates. So, yeah, put some pressure on the banks, everyone. We we need uh, we need that lower funding rate to come through on the interest. You, is that only for business loans? What about mortgages? Yeah, the the yeah, that's well. The announcement was from the RBA to we're injecting this money in there to help support small business and we're giving it to you at a lower rate. So the way I understand it, that injection and their their whole focus was on small business. But the, with that, with the RBA's reduction in the cash rate by a quarter of a percent, then that should be flowing through to all the housing loans. Now, most of the time, the banks don't pass on the full quarter of a percent. So there seems to be a range in the market out there. Most banks have passed on uh, some of that rate cut. Okay. So, but that that one percent from CBA that was more on like business loans. So, do you recall? Do you do you recall what rate that came in at now? Oh, it, so the way I understand it is they've just taken a full one percent off their base rate. So depending on what facility you're on and everyone will have a little bit of a slightly different interest rate, that 1% right. will just pass through on whatever rate you were on at the time. Okay. Okay. I mean, if, you, if you're carrying a lot, if you're carrying debt, that's, you know, it's okay. It's a nice little, nice little uh, drop. Yeah, and I've heard that some banks where there's a term loan, let's say it was a term loan, it's a significant loan, for example, um, where you deferred that for six months, what rather than ask you to try and catch it up or increase the, the future loan repayments to make up for the, the holiday, uh, they're actually extending the loan term. So that when you get to the end of the six months, the whatever repayment amount was now, it'll be the same. It won't sort of increase and you're squash, squashing in that period. So they are quite... They are being quite flexible. And I, I definitely noticed the significant change in the tone of the banks uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, we were having conversation with banks, with clients up to say two weeks ago and it was all the traditional approach. And the moment these announcements got made, all of a sudden, it was some clients even had the banks just ring them and say, hey, what do you want? And they've just done it a click of a finger. So, cause, cause some because of the they're, all, they're also underwritten. Aren't they underwritten to the tune of 50 billion by the government for, for from a risk perspective? Yeah. Yeah, so that, that there is another new, that's another different thing again, where 
to to get funding out into the businesses to keep them open, the federal government is backing 50% of unsecured loans from from the banking sector into the business into businesses. So um, there's no excuse that the banks should be holding holding yeah. back on capital if you need it. Do we have any intel on how that works? Does it mean that you only need to service 50% of the loan? Like, what? What do you know? Yeah. What the risk profile change is from the bank? The, yeah. The, so it's an unsecured loan, and they should they should be just really just handing that money out, really, with not too many questions asked. The fifty percent is just the backing that the government has given the banks. That that's all that is. It's just the back. It's just the backing because it's unsecured. In other words, the customer doesn't have to put up any property or security. It's unsecured. The banks are getting their comfort by the fact the government's going to secure fifty percent of it. So, does that mean they may give to they may give to people they traditionally thought were risky or or bad payers, or do you still think they're going to stay away from those and give the money to everybody else? Well, we don't don't know yet. It's, it's very early days. Um, yeah. I mean, it, the whole idea was to to keep businesses open and to like they've even came. Small businesses are not subject to. Um, like all of the responsible lending criteria that personal lending is, but there is some. And they've even come out and said, we're waiting for six months to all the banks, don't worry about the responsible lending code, just get the money out there. So, oh, wow. yeah, so hopefully um, people shouldn't have any problem getting that. So, but I mean, if, because traditionally they would just look at the ATO portal and say, oh, you've got a debt with the ATO, you can not borrow a cent. Um, have you got any intel on whether that's still going to be the case? Yeah, I don't have words on that unsecured lending. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, my guess would be that it's still going to be in place because, because I just think that's how they'll play, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, that, okay. that, um, that loan too, by the way, it's six months, no repayment. Um, the unsecured loan, it's six months, no repayments, and it's over a three year term. Okay. Uh, here in Queensland, the Queensland government's came out with a similar loan, maximum up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but it's over it's over a ten year period, uh, no interest or repayments for the first year, and for the second and third year, it's interest only. So it's a really quite a good, you know, it's a long term loan actually. How, how do you how do you qualify for that? Yeah, so you just simply go online. It's onto the government website, the Queensland government website, and you apply directly online. There's a list of the information you need to supply, like financial statements, proof of identity, and a few things like that. And the maximum loan that you will get is it's 50% of your annual wages, up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh, and I've been in Queensland. Of... I haven't really turned my ear too much to the other states, but um, I'm, I'm aware that's sort of indicative of what's going on in the other states. So if you're listening and you're in the other states, there, um, just just go to the, your local state government website and see what's available. Okay. Um, what else have you got in that toolbox? Yeah. The. Um, this this came out a couple of well in the first round was uh, something fairly traditional of trying to encourage investment into the economy where they increased the immediate write off of purchase of new assets from thirty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand. Well, I, I think the 
amount of people in the basket that are going to be doing that at the moment is going to be quite small. Um, but I have come across a couple of clients that were going to invest uh, into some equipment and, you know, they, they'll get through the other side. They're positioned well. Um, they're, they're really rubbing their hands on that one. So that's new or... Uh, second-hand equipment that's purchased from the 12th of March to the 30th of June this financial year, an immediate write-off, um, and that means a full tax deduction in this financial year. Cars? The, beg your pardon? Does cars fall under that category? Yeah, it does, yeah, if, if it's business-related, yeah. Oh, of course. What about aeroplanes? That's got to fall under that category. That's interesting. This could be my chance. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. could be my chance to pay no That's tax it. for the next three years. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you get an ultralight for that price, William? Uh, well, you're writing off the first 150 grand and then does some carry over, perhaps? No, you have to cut, cut it in half and then buy the other half yeah. later and screw it up. Maybe. Maybe. It's got to be installed ready for use, actually. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yeah, and then on, on the back of that, uh, they've also increased the depreciation rate for equipment purchases uh, through until 30th of June 21. And what it is, is if you buy new equipment, not secondhand on this one, uh, it's an immediate 50% write-off. And then you're still entitled to claim the normal depreciation on the balance in that year. Um, right. But anyway, that's that's probably more going to come into play next financial year because anyone buying equipment this year will just be all written off anyway if it's under 150000 Yep. Okay. Yeah, so, so I hope that um, that's, that's probably the main things from, from, a, uh, from a business perspective. And, and of course, the, with all of this, there's probably some planning opportunities and this is why our phone's been running hot. So I just encourage everyone to be making contact with your accountant and even if you've never traditionally done any tax planning as we come into the end of the financial year, that's definitely something I'd be encouraging you to do. Uh, you should be looking at your cash flows uh, at the moment, doing some sort of a forecast. Uh, if you need help with that, go to your accountant or your bookkeeper and, and really just bring that down to a granular level so that you're right on top of it. Um, again, like you know, this is this is causing change right across the board, and I'm hoping that out of this, uh, people that are probably perhaps never pay too much attention to their finances through this might, um, you know, do that and then find that hey, this is not so hard, or at least <laughs> take that big step and be a little bit further down the track when we get out the other side. Yeah. yeah, we've been trying to get everybody to run a cash a cash flow forecast. You don't need you don't need a really in depth one. You just kind of need to see 90 to 180 days down the line. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you just simply start with your opening bank balance, look at what you owe, um, do your best estimate of what income is going to come in. You can easily run a report out of zero or, or, or whatever on a monthly basis, look at your overheads. If you've cut some of them, you need to take them out. Whatever's left, just take that in and, you know, that's going to see whether you're going to get to the other side or not. Yeah. And you can break it down by a monthly basis if you want to. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really valuable tool in this place just to be able to see to get some headway yeah and obviously for businesses uh, you know communicating with their supply chain is absolutely imperative right now um, you know people should have been doing that already but if you haven't make sure you are if you, you if this business is still open speaking to your suppliers what does what does it look like at, you know getting that confidence to know that there's going to be supply the government has been talking you know they're wanting to keep the freight lines open 
um, even with the borders closing, from what I understand. Uh, but, you know, if the product obviously is coming out of China, uh, then that's where you need to be checking with your suppliers. What sort of stock have we got in the country and how long are we going to be able to you know, keep going and that sort of thing? Good news is that from what we're hearing, China's um, been back in production. And uh, so, you know, hopefully at some point we might be able to get, say in a month or so, we might, might have some new product landing in the country again. Where are you on um, the moral dilemma of keeping staff, cutting wages? Uh, do you cut quickly? Do you keep? Where does that sit from your point of view? Well, it, it definitely is a case-by-case -case basis. And at the end of the day, you can't get blood out of stone. If you were already doing it tough and now you don't have the doors open, there's no money coming in, well, you don't have any choice really in that scenario. And morally, you know, it's beyond your control, uh, you, you know. So I think you can rest easy in that. It's not an easy decision. It will never be easy. It'll be quite emotional and that sort of thing. But um, to where, you know, this $100,000 stimulus amount that's attached to the PAYG, that was, that was all brought about to try and keep employees on. So if... If you were, if you're, if you're in that position where you've got your business still operating and there's a bit, there's income coming in and you can be using your team, but you know, I don't think you should be. You want to have a real hard look whether you're going to get rid of those those people. That's what that money was for. It, you know, the, the government didn't come out and say here's a hundred grand that you can put on your home loan. Uh, yeah. they, they, that, that, that money's there to keep your business afloat. And when you think about it, even if even if your team's not at full production, but you can still keep them on the payroll. And you can get through to the other side. As soon as, as soon as things start to go up, you've got a full team, and you're ready to go. And like I said earlier, some clients are already using their team to to you know do some homework and, and get all the systems in place, fine tune things, look at other opportunities, and capitalise on this downtime. Because if you cull your staff, and then all of a sudden we get to hey we're back on, you're you're back to recruiting and yeah. you know. You're looking at three months before your team's up and running, and you've missed the you've missed the you know the start game. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. there's a cost on the other side by not having the team. So yeah. Yeah. I think I think the hard the hard part is going to be um, you know if people had a buffer and they have funded their team through to the 28th of April, you know, it's that's it's a really long run for some people actually to do that. You know, like. Um, you know, like I think, I think if there is a flaw in their system and they've got a big job here, but I think it's too late to get the money into people's hands, you know, but I don't, I don't know how else they could have done it, but, you know, to wait two months for some people. Yeah, I, I know some other countries, rather than uh, just throw money at it like that, they've done a direct uh, credit based on how much you've reduced the wages. So you, you, you had to keep some country, quite a lot actually, have, they've had to keep the employees on, but if you cut it down by 50%, the government would give you the other 50% you've cut back on um, yeah. so that the employee gets their full wages. But um, anyway, the way, the way we've got it here is, is um, if you're out of work, then it's Centrelink. Now, look, I've actually been through this with a couple of clients, where business clients, where we're looking at this moral dilemma. And for, for an individual, if you're out of work, uh, they're fast-tracking all the job seeker payments, so you're eligible for job seeker. Um, I think a single rate's about $600 a fortnight. A partnered rate is about $500 a fortnight. 
And then there's this new coronavirus supplement, which is $550 a fortnight. And then you might get rent assistance and a few other things. So when you when you package it all up, probably as a minimum, you're probably getting $1,100 to $1,200 a fortnight. So if you've got uh, employees that are earning less than that or even close to it, and you're in this position where you really can't hang on to them and you've got this moral dilemma, well, it is a bit of peace of mind to know that, well, they can go to the government and once they get their payment there, they're not going to be that much worse off than what you're paying them in wages anyway. That's for the yeah, yeah. For that, that sort of amount of wages. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's true too. I have met, I've spoken to a lot of clients in the last week who are, who are really worried about letting their team go. And I'm like, no, but the government are picking up the bill. You know, that is, you will lose them. Most likely you have to retrain and go through that pain, but, but the government are picking up the difference. And, and I think that's, that's why you pay all your taxes, right? Yeah, and, and you know, we're the, right across the country, the, the next big thing that everyone's waiting to see is what they're gonna do with rent relief. Uh, and, and that's both for business and domestic. Mm. So. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about that tonight because if there's yeah. some sort of uh, compensation coming from the government there for, for rent as well, you put the whole thing together, you know, hope, hopefully people are able to, you know, they're, they're, there's no doubt for a lot of people there's going to be uh, some adjustments, uh, but at least there, there is those benefits there to be able to yeah, keep yeah. going through. Yeah, so if they've dropped from if they've dropped from $1,000 a week wages to 700 bucks in stimulus but they don't have to pay rent, yeah. Effectively, they're in a net net neutral position. Yeah, or if uh, they're a mortgage owner, they've deferred the, the loan repayments now, you know, that that could be, you know, that's hundreds of dollars a week there uh, for everyone. So, you know, that's all been deferred. Take all that off the table. It, it all of a sudden starts to become a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Hey, um, that's really valuable information. I appreciate you distilling that down for us. Um, there's probably going to be people during this time who reach out to their accountant and maybe don't get this level of support. Uh, what is there a way that people can reach out to you, Mark, and the firm and, and get some advice? Yeah, well, well, if you've got your pen in hand, our, our number is, we're in Queensland, so it's 0754 So 0754920300. Uh, our website, wardlepartners.com.au, you'll find us there. Uh, we're, we're just about to launch uh, a comprehensive coronavirus uh, information page. We'll have that up later today. We did have it up and we had some technical difficulties, so uh, that'll be up and a good resource as well. And, um, yeah, look, we're happy to help. I mean, don't hesitate to give us a call. And I know for some people, you know, even if you're not, even intending to use us, but you're just not getting that advice. That's what we're here for. Uh, we're all brothers in arms and we all help each other, so don't hesitate to give us a call. I'm only too happy to help. And um, where's it? We've got just a couple of minutes. I can just throw in a couple yeah. of other things. Just for, Yeah, just um, this is a good one too for uh, if there's any self-funded retirees out there with self-managed super funds. Um, I actually put a video out a week or so ago preempting this one would come in, and it did. The government has reduced the minimum pension that's needed to be taken from self-managed super funds or even retail funds to half of the amount that would otherwise need to be taken. Um, so, so that's a good one as well if there's any retirees out there. And uh, small 
there's there's also a number of um, uh, rebates coming out as well. I've noticed in Queensland and other other states for electricity and uh, those sort of utility bills, and there'll be a direct credit paid against the next bill that I'm, as far as I know. Um, Oh, and oh, this was the other big one I want to talk to you about was the early access to super. Uh, we've had a lot of inquiry about this one. So this is for individuals. You're entitled to claim uh, about $10,000 of superannuation in this financial year and a further 10000 in the next financial year. Uh, the criteria for that is generally that you're unemployed. Uh, working hours have been reduced 20 hours or more. Or if you're a sole trader, your income has reduced 20% or more. Okay, okay. Um, now that's, you know, we've had a number of people think, oh, look, you know, they might have some credit card debt or there's, you know, or we need to make those home loan repayments or whatever. That $10,000 uh, could come in handy. I've been asked by people, well, you know, should I take it? Wouldn't it be better if I leave it in there for my long-term super and all that sort of thing? Well, look, I think if you need that money right now, then take it. Um, if it's going to get you through the next period of time, because, you know, depending on your age, there's still a long time for that super to be rebuilt up and and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, you'd, go to the, you'd go to the other things first, right? You'd go to the banks and push them back. You'd go to your mortgage and you'd push them back before you took your super out. Yeah, this is sort of like... And to apply for that, it's a MyGov thing. You go into MyGov and it goes directly through the ATO. But I just want to point out one thing. If you go on there now, this option for the coronavirus relief, it's not actually on there yet. They'll have it there in mid-April. So there's four other ways that you can get money out of super early. And, And if you're only going in there to get this coronavirus supplement, don't accidentally go down one of the other rabbit burrows uh, you need, just wait until the middle of April and apply then because this money's tax-free and it'll be easy yeah. to get. There won't be many hoops to jump through as opposed to the other four ways which are quite cumbersome and they're taxable. Okay. Good to know. So just keep checking back to the government website until the middle of April. Yeah, middle of April and then, then you can apply for that early access, yeah. Hey, that's really good. Really good info. Really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got five million things to do at the moment. Um, but I just, you know, I mean, you, you know my world, so I just wanted to get as much information as I can out to them because cause it's pretty grey. And, uh, and I just know that they'll, they'll get peace now and the government are doing some bits for them. So, mate, um, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll splash up your, your company details on here and uh, hopefully some people can reach out to you. Oh, thanks, Les. I'm only too happy to help everyone and, uh, you know, get this out. We we understand it is confusing and there is different sources. If you're only looking at the main media as well, they're not getting it right. So only too happy to help, Wes. And I I just pray for everyone and uh, we'll we'll get through to the other side. The way I see it, it's just a bridge. We've just got to stay on the bridge. And uh, once we get on the other side, we'll be away again. I said said to to Pat before, I said, we need to make up a video and... We're like the Stephen Bradbury of the business world. Everyone else is going to fall by the wayside, but we'll be the ones that come over the line and get our gold because we lasted. And uh, I think that's how it's going to work. Uh, that's it. Well, we're, we're, we've, got, we've got the creator on our side. So uh, we do. Yeah, just, just, just keep him front and center. That's the best advice, eh? Totally.
Bless you, mate. Thanks heaps for your time, mate. I appreciate it. You too, Wes. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Bye. So, guys, that was Mark from Wardle Partners um, giving up his time to come and talk to us, which I fully appreciate. Um, if you found that valuable, subscribe to the channel because we're going to be putting out content like this all the time and you'll get the alerts when you hit the little bell icon and we'll let you know every single time a video pops. Um, we are committed to helping you walk through this crazy time, not only survive through it, but find the opportunities in it so that at the end of this, whenever it is, we have plundered the enemy and we end up with distressed assets that we can use to help advance the kingdom of God. I appreciate you watching.